Welcome on Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by Brian Irwin, former high school football head coach, college coach, uh, was a GA a couple places, uh, also a guy that I've known for, she's uh, 30 years going back to, to undergrad years at Texas. Brian was a state championship coach at Lamarck. We had him on a couple times during spring ball, uh, and now that we're getting back started up, we're going to have him on more frequently uh, during the season. Brian, welcome to uh, the show, man. Thank you, Bobby. Glad to be here. Looking forward to the season. Yeah, I think everybody's ready for football, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody's ready. <laughs> as, as soon as we can get out of this heat, it would be better. Hey, um, question for you. I, I went to a practice this week. Uh, some other guys did as well. Uh, your thoughts in general on the quarterback battle, because that's obviously the biggest one thing going on at Texas right now, the quarterback battle between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers and where that is and what a coach's brain is kind of going through to try to figure this out. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not there every day, but, um, you know, kind of going back to the spring, some of the things that I saw um, good and bad on, on, on both parts, but as far as what Sark's evaluating and, and they're trying to determine is who's going to be, you know, the most consistent, who's going to make the right decisions, uh, who's going to make the easy throws. Uh, who's going to make a few of the difficult throws, but most importantly, taking care of the football. I mean, the, the name of the game is move the chains and uh, take care of the football. And uh, because there's enough weapons out there at the receiving position, tight end position, running back position, that if we take care of the football, uh, we're going to move the chains. We're going to score points. Gotcha. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that uh, Quinn Ewers is, is n- does not have bad footwork by any stretch. He's a, he's a good all-around athlete. Hudson Card's footwork tends to be a little bit crisper and a little bit quicker. Uh, at the same time, I feel like Quinn Ewers throws a better ball uh, with more touch to different places. If you're Steve Sarkeesian, what do you – does that matter to you? I mean, what what is the bottom line there, I guess? I mean, because I, I feel like – um, you know, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah, I, I think foot quickness is is very important, but, you know, in the pocket, it's probably more about foot efficiency and uh, being very efficient with your footwork. And that's where I see yours is very efficient. May not come across as being real cat quick-like, but he's very efficient. His feet are where they need to be. Set in the hallway, what we call set in the hallway, in the left nine inches of, of where we're trying to throw it. Um, also, like when Quinn throws it, he he he's not a long strider. He has the ability to to what I call throw a football from within the phone booth. Uh, he he can throw it in tight quarters. I'm seeing Hudson, you know, a little bit more of a long strider when he when he throws it. Um, I like the guys that are short striders. They can throw it from inside of a phone booth when all the traffic's happening around him. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think a guy like Ben Roth. I know this is. Uh, sidebar a little bit, but I think of guys like Ben Roethlisberger that literally can stand flat-footed and throw it 20 yards, right? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Because you're yeah. not always going to have that space in the pocket to, to step forward. Exactly, especially that that lead drive step uh, foot where, you know, you got you to gotta be able to throw that thing sometimes where you're taking a two-inch step or a six-inch step, not necessarily a, a three-foot lead or drive step with that lead leg. And, uh that that lengthens out the throwing motion and uh, and just doesn't make you as efficient in the pocket. Gotcha. It can also uh, extend length of time you can get rid of the ball. That's exactly right. It lengthens out the uh, the, the release and 
Um, whether it's a, B, a D lineman having an opportunity to, to get their hands on the football or DB having more time to break on the pass. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, uh, obviously, you know, this is a, a decision Sark's going to make. He's the, And he's the one with all the data, too. I yeah. mean, we, we can conjecture all we want. And you're here you are, former coach. You're saying, hey, you don't have all the information because you're not there and, and we're not there. We can just watch uh, from afar. I did want to uh, circle back to you, Brian. You mentioned the weapons that uh, Sark has at his disposal. Guys like Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy. Um, those guys are difference makers, right? Yes. How yes. do you get guys like that, like a Bijan here in the photo, how do you get guys like that, the ball, and make sure you're utilizing them the right way and, and maximizing? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think there's nobody in the country better, that has a better track record as an offensive play caller than Coach Sarkis doing that type of stuff. Going back to the Alabama days and and things where he just could get those guys, those those stars, those playmakers, the ball through motions, through formations, through shifts, through personnel packages, through mismatches. Uh, getting, you know, Xavier going up against a nickel or a safety versus having him go up against a corner. Uh, there's just so many ways that he does it. He's, he's a master at it. Uh, red zone stuff, he's a master at just getting guys matched up where they need to be. And so there's no doubt between uh, uh, personnel packages, formations, motions, shifts, that's going to happen. Gotcha. Is there is there anything that you'd? I mean, we we talk often about uh, types of offenses that Sark runs and the variety. He likes to do a lot of two tight end stuff. He likes to yeah. um, spread people out, but also be able to beat them downhill with a run game. Uh, yeah. Anything you're personally looking forward to him trying or or doing this this year? I'm glad you asked. I, I've I've been sitting on this all off season after seeing the spring. Um, I, I am a huge proponent of, of 21 personnel. And I'm talking about true two-back offense, especially with, with the ability to have two tailbacks the way the way we do, having, you know, four or five backs that, that can go. And uh, we know Bijan and Roshan are the, are the top two, but, I, you know, I feel like we're probably five or six deep at the tailback position. And when you can put two true tailbacks back there in a split-back gun offense – there's so many things you can do in the running game. You can still be physical from a, from a gun set. You can still have a spread component about you. Um, you can motion out one of those backs to create a three wide, one tight end set. You can, you can displace your tight end and all of a sudden you're in a four wide set. So you can being in 21 personnel, you can really be an 11 personnel type offense or a, or a 10 personnel type offense out of the 21 package due to the fact that that uh, Bijan and Roshan can both catch the football and want to get those guys matched up, you know, out in space. So I love the f- ability to be a very physical offense out of that 21 personnel split back gun, uh, the play action pass, which we all love. We know Sark loves it. 
and then the ability to still spread the ball in a, in a spread offense uh, type situation is, is what I really love about that 21 personnel package. A lot of people will say, uh, you know, the layman in football's terms uh, might wonder what 21 personnel is. Just uh, to clarify for Brian, it, the first number, in, when you hear a personnel package, the first number is the number of running backs in the, in the game, and the second is the number of tight ends. Uh, yes. So if you hear 21, it's two running backs, one tight end. If you hear 10 personnel, it's one, uh, t- uh, one running back, zero tight ends. The rest of the eligible receivers, besides the quarterback, right. are, are wide receivers. And- Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And one, one more thing to add, add to that, Bobby, you know, a lot of people talk about 20 personnel. We hear that all the time where you're in two backs, no tight ends, three wide receivers. So you're like twins on one side, open on the other. It's a great offense. But when you leave that tight end in there and, and, and attach him to the formation, it dictates the front of the defense. You dictate where they're going to set the front. Um, you still have that that two-back tight end running physicality uh, that that you can have, you know, just out of a I-formation type set. Uh, but when you have the tight end in there, that defense is stuck because uh, they can't go nickel. They can't go nickel on you because you're in a 21 personnel package. All of a sudden, you break the huddle and you're in three wide, one tight, or you're in four wides. And they've got their base package on the field. So that's what I really love about it, um, just being physical, being multidimensional, and uh, getting, you know, either Bijan or Roshan out in space. Um, one of the things we, we've talked about this offseason, and you were, you were there in the, the spring with us uh, and went to the spring game. Um, Brian, it, it was interesting to me, uh, there was only – uh, the offensive line didn't even have last, last spring didn't even have enough players to have two full squads on, on the, at the spring game. Seven new guys have showed up since uh, since December. I guess one of them was already there, Cole Hudson, a young man out of the Frisco area. But the other six true freshman offensive linemen have now showed up. Uh, they are imposing, imp- <laughs> in, in, in really really good looking players uh, as young guys. My question to you, though, is, and a lot of people have a lot of expectations of them, and I think rightfully so because they're yeah. so they're so talented. But for you, you're a coach, and, and just tell us how soon do you think is too soon for some of these guys, maybe, or is it just all depend? I mean, what are your thoughts? It, it, it all depends, and we've got to at some point stop talking about all seven of them, and the, and they're going to be seven individuals. They're, they're, they're at different stages physically. They're at different stages mentally and emotionally. And my thought process on it is you can't rush maturity. You can't speed it up. You, you, can, you can push it a little bit. You can test it. You can challenge it. But you can't really speed up maturation, whether it's physical or, you know, mental. So one of the seven may be ready. Or, you know, he's going to be ready in a week or two because uh, he's physically, mentally mature. He's a dog. He's ready. 
He wants it. He, he's accepting it. And, and, and he's got the skill set. You know, another one may have it. But the odds are four or five of them just aren't going to be quite ready mentally or physically to handle the, the rigors of, uh, you know, what that, what that position calls for. So um, coach them hard, push them, challenge them. But they're going to be ready when they're ready. And, and you, there's really not a whole lot you can do to speed up the maturation process. Gotcha. Um, in those pictures, 56 is big Cam Williams. You wow. and I were watching. So he's an impressive looking dude now. God, he's <laughs> massive. Uh, 78's Kelvin Banks in those. 76 uh, was Malik Ogbo, or 67, excuse me, Malik yeah. Ogbo. And then uh, 77, uh, I believe, was uh, Neto. Neto. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, Brian, uh, you look at this. We're, they're getting ready to go into the second week of, of uh, fall practice. They typically don't really start working on opponents until two weeks out, right, um, in fall practice. So what is the first two weeks of practice overall? What are the, the coaches really trying to get across? Are they trying to separate the wheat from the chaff, kind of, just like you're talking about, which one has a ma- maturity right now, as well as do some, um, you know, tweaks to, to game planning that they figured out over the summer? Or what, what all are the things they're really working on, in your opinion? I think right now they're trying to wipe the rust off from, from the spring. It's unbelievable. What, what I always was amazed at uh, when I coached at 6'8 football, we were able to have spring football practice. I was a little bit nervous about it. What I was amazed at was how much carryover you have from spring to the first day. I mean, you literally hit the ground running with, with what you're doing. Um, even though you've had two or three months off, um, it's like – you haven't had any time off because that, that learning curve has continued to elevate and um, continue on. So um, wiping a little bit of the rust off, but uh, more than anything, get the reps in, um, learn the package, learn the schemes, get your reps uh, con- and conditioning. So it's, it's about reps and it's about conditioning right now. They're not so worried about, you know, what type of defense we're going up against, or what type of offense we're going up against. Just identify what's across from you. And um, and and go rep it, you know, based on the set of rules that you have within the run scheme or the pass scheme. So reps, conditioning, uh, developing teamwork, and then yeah, trying to trying to challenge some individuals and find out where they're at mentally and and physically, and who's going to step up. Um, as they do that, Brian, it comes brings me back to something Sark mentioned on Tuesday in his uh, uh, press conference. He was said he was looking for consistency. Is that the right word in your opinion? That he's trying to find those guys that he can rely on. Yeah, no, no doubt. You know the consistency on the field, um, being able to being able to count on guys. You know, just just do your job. You know, whole do your job mentality. Those guys that are consistent, they do their job. They might make a physical mistake. They might drop a pass every now and then. They might, you know, miss a block or take the wrong step, but. Uh, uh, they get it corrected pretty quickly. They're, they self-correct pretty quickly, and and they do their job, and they're accountable both on the field and off the field. I want to ask you one last question here. We'll, we'll, I'll get you on again next week, and we'll talk about some more what, what happened in practice this week and uh, developments. But um, Pete Kwiatkowski, Texas defense coordinator, coming off of a, what many would consider a poor year on the field a year ago, really had problems generating a pass rush. Uh, at times, Texas did as a whole. It wasn't just him. The players had the issues, too, clearly. Um, you know, he's looking at a, a whole new 
a whole new situation now. He's got better. He should have better players in in position and older players more familiar with his scheme. They actually went through a full spring with him, uh, as opposed to just learning a new defense out of the box and the pandemic uh, ruined some of his practices a year ago. Um, what are your reasonable? What do you think are reasonable expectations for the defense? And you know, what do you think he? You know, what do you think Texas fans uh, should be thinking about as they look forward? Uh, not only to, to this first week, but I mean, they got Alabama coming. That's got a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and all kinds of skill personnel. That could be. I mean, that's not just a litmus test. I mean, that's the. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's your AP final. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and so. How should Texas fans be thinking about that defense and then this this kind of uh, first couple of games before they get in uh, to conference play? Well, I think it's not unlike just program in general. I mean, we're in year two, and we've got to be patient. Everybody can see the good. Everybody can see the momentum, um, the recruiting. Uh, we know these guys can coach. There's no doubt about it. It just takes some time from where they came from when they stepped in the door because last year on defense, our guys just – whether it was effort, whether it was talent, I can't really answer that. Um, but I know this. They they didn't compress space. They didn't run to the football as, as hard as they possibly could. Uh, so it's a combination of both. And um, – you look at the great defenses, and you know sometimes you turn on the, you know Longhorn Network and watch the old, you know Longhorns and 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 the old games, and you know whether it was the 05 national championship game against USC. I mean, defense was being played at an elite level. We're compressing space, we're we're, we're running the football, we're tackling, uh, being very very physical, and and you know. I've read a lot about, well, you know, our contained guys didn't do a great job last year, you know, stretch plays. We didn't get it turned back inside and this and that. And I, I don't buy a lot of that because um, you you can contain by running 10 yards outside or by, by running one yard outside. If, if you can, you got to compress space. We've got to have guys that are physical at the point of attack where we're compressing space. And um, just because you contain a stretch play doesn't mean it's going to be successful because you contain it with a with a 10-yard C-gap. Now, that, that running back's got a 10-yard C-gap to run in. Um, so I'm looking for physicality. I'm looking for guys that are, that are taking the air out of the gaps, compressing space, running the football, uh, great tacklers, and uh, just competing like crazy. And that's what we, we just didn't have last year. I'm not going to blame it on coaching year one. I'm, I'm going to say nobody got it done. Uh, whether we didn't have the talent, whether we didn't have the effort, whether the scheme was wrong for that particular set of talent. Uh, but now we're heading into year two. It should improve dramatically, in my opinion. It should improve dramatically. With a year of offseason, scheme tweaks, scheme changes, uh, improvement in talent, and uh, just getting bigger, faster, and stronger, um, I'm looking for a, a huge improvement there. Texas really only loses one key member of last year's squad, and that's Josh Thompson, yeah. uh, the cornerback, uh, replacing him with an Ohio State transfer at this point, Ryan Watts. Uh, and then you get a year older everywhere else. Uh, Jacoby Jones only played a couple games. Sark said that he was very useful. He underestimated his value at, at uh, the defensive end position. Um, 
So, you know, think about this. I mean, the, the that team last year did not have – they were installing a new defense and didn't really have a spring training to do it right? Uh, because of the pandemic. That And it's not um, – it's not a base four three defense that everybody knows how to take out. They can go to a nickel real quick. It's a little bit different breed, right? Yeah. And so, does it, did, did the complexity of the defense have a little bit to do with that? Or I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, no, like you said, nobody knows everything. Nobody knows exactly all of what it was. But right, you know, what what are your thoughts? You know. Uh... <sighs> Two four five three three five four three three four. It can get kind of overwhelming when when people start talking about breaking it down. The bottom line is you've got a nickel back type position. You've got about five and a half guys in the box against these spread offenses to try to stop the run. Uh, you know, two deep safety look most of the time. Um, some of that stuff gets hyped up a little bit too much, in my opinion. It's 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 about getting out there. The guys that put their hand in the dirt and they need to do their job. The mid-level linebacker guys do their job. Um, corners and safeties, you know, reroute, break on balls, be physical. Um, uh, some of that just gets gets overhyped. And, and defense is about getting lined up correctly and compressing space and running the football and being physical and causing turnovers. And and that's what we've got to get back to doing. Yeah. And um, I think we can. Yeah, I, I feel like they've got the talent's a year older, uh, the vast majority of it at least. They've got some new guys coming in uh, as well. Uh, Brian Irwin, uh, former state champion. You're never a former state champion. You are always a state champion, by the way. <laughs> I should have said that at Lamarck, for the Lamarck Cougars, head football coach there, a uh, number of other places uh, in the Metroplex and in Central Texas as well. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us. Uh, let me, uh, I will see you again next week around this time. We'll talk some more Texas football. Uh, thanks for, thanks for being here, bud. Thank you.